In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As you might guess, based on my line of work, I spend a lot of time thinking about faith. I ponder my own faith, how it waxes and wanes, how it sometimes feels downright silly, how it sustains me in moments of distress, and how it compels me to do all kinds of foolish things. But more so, I consider the faith of others, how it's formed, where does it come from, how it grows, deepens, and flourishes. Faith formation is part of the job description for any priest, but I have my own internal motivation. It lingers in my memory as my greatest ministry failure, a giant what-if moment that compels me to seek the roots of faith and how to nourish it on a regular basis. Back in my seminary days, a bright-eyed, not-quite-yet-post-evangelical Steve did his, first, did his field education at St. James Church in Potomac, Maryland. My big project for the first semester of field ed was to lead a seekers class. Potomac, Maryland in 2008 was growing rapidly. McMansions were popping up faster than the zoning commission could approve them. And congregations like St. James were eager to find ways to let their new neighbors know that they existed. When I came up with a snazzy name like Finding God in Spite of the Church, I had them. They were sold. We printed flyers. They hung them up at the post office and in the grocery stores. They sent it to the newspaper as a, a, a press release. Many longtime parishioners showed up to see who else would show up. A lot of people were there just to learn how to speak the language of a seeker. And despite all the publicity we did, no one actually invited anyone to attend. But we had one seeker who saw the flyer at the post office and came. She was the daughter of a Roman Catholic mother and a Zoroastrian father. They still exist, apparently. She arrived confused, frustrated, and seeking something that she had seen in the religious life of her parents. She came with only one question. How do I find faith? Now, our intelligent and eager group offered a straightforward and biblical answer. Faith is a free gift. You don't have to search for it. Just ask and God will give it to you. And then we all sat back in our chairs, proud of the answer that we had come up with, waiting for her to experience the relationship with God in Christ that all of us just took for granted. Isn't that the arrogance of having faith, she said. I've been searching for it my whole life, but faith hasn't been offered to me as a free gift. We fumbled around for a better answer, and we never found one. 
Considering her situation, the faith that we had seemed so easy to come by. And we couldn't explain, no matter how hard we tried, where it had come from. She never came back. Sometimes I remember to pray for her and wonder if that question is still sitting heavy on her heart. How do I find faith? The question at the heart of our gospel lesson today. We're back in that upper room with that Jesus and his disciples had rented for the holiday weekend. It had been a chaotic Sunday on the back of a wild week. They had gone from eating the Passover meal all together and happy to Jesus being dead and buried in less than 24 hours. And now, as John tells the story, Mary Magdalene got up before the sun came up that Sunday morning, went out to anoint Jesus's body, but instead found the stone rolled away and his body gone. She ran and told Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved what she had seen, and they sprinted to look for themselves. And John tells us that the unnamed disciple looked into the tomb and believed. We have no idea what he believed. John just tells us that he had pistos, faith. There's no mention of Peter's faith or lack thereof in that moment, just that once they had seen what they came to see, they went home. Mary stayed behind and wept. She wept for the death of her friend. She wept for the loss of hope. She wept for the heaviness that came from the realization that now his body was missing. And suddenly Jesus appeared before her and she thought he was the gardener. And so she begged him, if you moved his body, just tell me where it is. And then Jesus responded with a single word, Mary. And in a moment, in a moment, she recognized him as her rabbi, her teacher, her friend, and her Lord. Jesus commissioned Mary to be an apostle to the apostles, and she hustled back to that upper room to proclaim her faith and say, I have seen the Lord. Our lesson for today picks up later that same day. It seems that the proclamation of Mary Magdalene and whatever it is that the unnamed disciple believed didn't have much of an impact on the group because we find them huddled together in a locked room fearing for their lives. The unspoken question that surely hung heavy in that room must have been something like, how do we find faith to move forward? And amid their fear and through a locked door, Jesus entered and spoke a single word. Shalom. Peace be with you. But apparently faith didn't happen in that particular moment. John tells us that Jesus had to show them his hands and his side. And then they rejoiced that Jesus was there. And so he tries again. He says, shalom, peace. Be with you and he breathes upon them and he gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit as their advocate and guide. 
But how do I find faith? Thomas is left to wonder. They had all had the opportunity to see and to touch Jesus. Thomas just wants what the rest of the disciples got. Because the idea that Jesus was resurrected from the dead was too impossible to fathom. Thomas needed proof, as did the rest. And so a week later, again huddled together in a room that was closed off, Jesus entered and speaks a single word. Shalom. And then he lets Thomas touch his hands and put his hand into his side. And he says to him, don't have a pistos, have pistos. Don't be unbelieving, believe. Don't doubt, have faith. And then Jesus says something that doesn't seem to be geared for the disciples gathered together, but for those of us who would down the line hear the story. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Faith is a free gift, but Jesus knows that free doesn't necessarily mean easy. Mary had faith because Jesus said her name. The unnamed disciple had faith because he had seen the empty tomb the others had faith because they had seen Jesus and heard him speak and had received the Holy Spirit. Thomas believed because Jesus gave him what, we need, what he needed. And you and I have faith because others have shared with us the power of God and the difference that Jesus has made in their lives. Our faith is sustained presumably because we continue to experience the risen Lord in our own lives. But sometimes faith is hard to hold on to. And if you find faith difficult to grasp, you are not alone. In the face of mass shootings and impotent lawmakers, and climate change, and a rise in authoritarianism, just to name a few of this week's portents, it's pretty easy to begin to wonder, how do I keep my faith? And it's no wonder that so many people are asking these days, how do I find faith? Or worse yet, why should I find faith? John's gospel was written so that those who read it might find pistos. And in having faith, they might find abundant life. It seems to me that in that, hidden in plain sight, is the answer to that woman's question so many years ago. How do I find faith? Find a community that has faith. Let the life of that community wash over you and slowly, over time, you'll begin to experience that life of faith yourself. Faith is a free gift, but it is not an easy one. To build faith, it takes community, working and praying with each other. And when you find it, Jesus is right. It is a blessing. May God bless us 
with the faith we need to sustain each other in building the kingdom of heaven for a world that desperately needs it. Amen.